0: Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and we're actually doing something different for the first time. Going live, if you're uh, on YouTube or whatever, Uh, this is streaming on the Oakland Warriors podcast YouTube channel. And today I am joined for the second time by... Chris Madrigal from the town tailgate podcast. Uh <laughs> a lot of thoughts on the A's. But but uh welcome back man. How you doing?
1: Yeah, and you can like see some of my like A's memorabilia behind me and it's just like it just, you know, we don't have to get into that. This is we're talking Warriors now, man. Let's 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 stick to that. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm you know, I'm pumped. <laughs> Thanks for bringing me back. Um you know, season's been a roller coaster, but I'm excited to talk about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah um so first first like it's been a minute since i uh, like i put out oh, this is like my interview. first time
1: going live by the way
0: ever oh yeah well yeah, uh yeah. welcome to the club this is like my second time uh <laughs> and like i told you hopefully this this goes well so i don't have to edit anything when i put it on audio <laughs> but uh you know a lot of stuff has happened in the past week i haven't put an episode out and you know it's just, like you said a lot of ups and downs i mean first and foremost uh how how worried are you about the Warriors right now? They lost six in a row. They just beat the Rockets. Uh and people are trying to hype that up. But like, you know, they started off strong, had that had that rough patch. How worried are you about this team?
1: Uh, like not. I I don't understand the freakouts from like Warriors Nation. Like I I you know, they lose you know a handful of games in a row which yeah you know it can be scary when when you first look at it but like if it, you have to look at the circumstances of some of the losses that's that's kind of the way i i see it like the Nugget, okay so on the 8th on uh november 8th we lost to the nuggets by 3 points like that's the best team in the nba hands down it's either them or the timberwolves this season based on like strictly what we've seen play wise i'm not talking about like hype i'm not talking about like off season you know rankings I'm talking about personal I'm talking about what we've seen on the court from the NBA this season the nuggets are the best team in the NBA and you can make a strong case for the timberwolves for second but you know the nuggets have been more consistent after that lost to the cavs which was you know a tough loss i think you could argue that we were a little bit beat up from from the 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 loss to the nuggets like you know we kind of put everything we had on the court in that loss and uh I mean, without Draymond also in that, in that loss to the Nuggets. So like, you know, we're just a little bit up lost in Timberwolves by six points, um, on the 12th. So that was a back-to-back, um, a little bit tougher. Also second best team in the NBA. And then we lost to the Timberwolves again in that playing uh, game, which that was the game that clay and Draymond got kicked out of the game. So we had no Steph who was still had the knee injury. We had no clay because him and Draymond got kicked out two minutes in the game. And Chris Paul, like, that game, like, proved everything you needed to – I needed from from Chris Paul. Um, He literally put the team on his back. He willed that team to a very close loss, which was almost a win. I think they lost in the last possession of the game with none of the three Hall of Famers. Like, that just said a lot about him, his leadership, his impact on the other players of the team. Because I think there's, like, three guys – or four guys with double-digit points in that game besides him. Like, so – For me, you just have to look at the circumstances of these losses. You can't just like see the win and loss record and freaked out. Like that doesn't that doesn't make any sense to me. And if you're doing that, you're not watching this team closely enough. Which I get it. We're in football season. You're not watching every single game. But if you watch the game, you like it's hard to be upset and frustrated with this team. That's that's just my opinion. I know you have a different opinion on it, but yeah.
0: I mean, to me like i can honestly say that watching them last week during that losing streak it was a lot of it was just bad product on the court yeah like, <laughs> it's like, i mean oh, that, that
1: okc loss on saturday not saturday uh a couple Friday. days before that that would that one was a tough one
0: yeah i mean it is something where you just look at it and you're like okay i don't i'm not really watching this that closely you, you get where that game's going you see the trends and all that stuff and you're like okay write it off but like I mean, in our conversations, and I talk about this all the time, it's like, it's a long season. And yeah, like sometimes it's not fun to watch if they're getting shellacked or if they just look old and whatnot. But at the end of the day, we know what this team needs to do. They're trying to win 16 games uh, in the springtime, right? Springtime into the summer. So, you know, it's a process. And that's part of, you know, sometimes you look at this team you can look at fandom a certain way, right? It's like you live and die with each and every game or you look at the bigger picture and you, that that's how I tend to look at things. Uh, are they perfect? No, no, definitely not. Are there flaws? Yeah, yeah, there's definitely flaws. Uh, one thing that I'd wanted to see after that promising six and two start or whatever was how they would look against some of the quote unquote better teams, right? And And the Nuggets you yeah, know, they did pretty well. That was, that was impressive to me. Um, and then they literally uh, having played the Cavs before that, they literally ran into three teams that are probably the worst kind of matchup for them right now. Uh, teams that are big, super talented, long, uh, skilled, uh, unafraid. And, uh, and that's what you got with Cleveland. That's what you got with Minnesota who I, I give props to Minnesota, man. Cause I thought they were going to fall apart. Uh, Anthony Edwards he got that uh, team USA bump that you always see from from certain guys uh and then uh, OKC right like so uh and and the Warriors were down a couple guys so it may not have been fun to watch but um yeah I keep saying like let's see with 20 games 20 games what is it now like 15 games or something 14 yeah
1: we're approaching
0: um, the quarterway point which quarterway
1: is 18 games I think we're at 15 yeah
0: yeah yeah so you know, there's, it's still a ways to go, obviously. But um, in terms of panicking, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna freak out. It sucks to lose six in a row, but I'm the same way. I'm not gonna uh, celebrate <laughs> when over the Rockets. You know what I mean? It's, but to uh, be
1: fair, the Rockets are playing really well this year, though. You know, like I mean, like I get it. It's only yeah. barely a quarter of the way through the season, but the Rockets are playing, and we have had no like relief in the schedule. Like we haven't played the Jazz really. Right, we haven't played the Jazz, haven't played the Pistons. Like we haven't played any of those lower tier teams to so like really like rack up the wins and get those confidence wins to like help the team like rally and like kind of move forward from there. So like I don't know, maybe I guess you could make the argument. We'll see what the Rockets do by the end of the season, but like right now they're playing well. So like I don't give last night's win one of those like beat up on the crappy teams like get some confidence wins. You know?
0: Oh no, they're they're definitely good. I I actually like them, and yeah. uh, Sangoon is one of those guys who's turning into the dude that we were like, oh man, maybe the Warriors should pick that guy. Yeah, uh, And Doke is doing a really good job. Uh, they were coming off like a, a back-to-back or whatever. But, you know, uh, I mean, what what are your biggest concerns about this team? And like, how concerned are you about Clay and uh, and Andrew Wiggins?
1: I mean, okay, so Andrew Wiggins' deal, I'm going to start with him because I have more issues with Clay. Andrew Wiggins' deal is like Logan Murrock... Um, put out this great piece on the Ringer. Um, beginning of the season, it was like a profile piece on Chris Paul and the Warriors and their the reasons for their like ma- adding him to the team this offseason. And in that piece, he talked about like the, the Warriors how they um handled you know the personnel coming into camp and like what they saw from the team um in training camp. And Andrew Wiggins came into camp out of shape. And that was like very disappointing for them because you know everything that happened last season. I'm not going to speculate the reasons why he left. I've heard some rumors, and that and if the rumors are true, that's unfortunate. Totally get why he would he would step away from the team. But his like you know him coming into camp this offseason or this season is like a big issue because he was hands down the Warriors' number two guy in that championship run in 2022. And like I wrote a piece for um, fans first uh, today, and it came up went up. 30 minutes ago at 12 o'clock so you can go check that out uh anybody who's watching or listening um it's on their homepage. um it's um the warriors second best player rankings because like right now coming in the season like you expected wiggins to be that person that that job belongs to him as the Warriors' second best player i think that clay is just on the downward trajectory of his career that wasn't going to happen draymond green he's kind of a one tool pony plays a lot of defense maybe has some presence in the post probably not um, but like it's just not those two guys anymore. You kind of need Wiggins to be that that person. And for him to come into camp out of shape, it's just like it's just disappointing. And now we don't really know who that second best player is. Like we don't know who Steph doesn't have his like his sidekick to rely on to, you know, when other guys aren't playing well, or if he's being, you know, double covered, which is like almost every single game, it feels like that they he can dish to this guy, and this guy's gonna put up 20 points and you can rely on him. So like the Wiggins thing is disappointing, but he's gonna play himself in the shape. I think we saw a version of that on Saturday when he put up 30 points. He looks a lot better. It's a lot better last night against the Rockets. So like he'll get in the shape, he'll be better, he'll attack the glass like he does. He'll do his amazing cutting and slashing the hoop. Um, the three point shooting is a concern. He's at like twenty two percent. Um, hopefully that goes up as well. That might just be exhaustion. You know, he's taking these shots when he doesn't when he doesn't want to make any moves to the hoop. Um the Klay Thompson thing is like, man, as like a diehard Warriors fan, it's just like depressing to watch because like you heard the rumors about like how him and his agent are very far apart from Dunleavy in the front office on a contract because he's in a contract year and him not playing well in a contract year. It's just like, I don't know what you do with him moving forward. Like I have a Warriors group chat. I'm sure you do too. We were talking about it last night when he was struggling in the first quarter. He Played way better last night. It was great. But struggling in the first quarter and Moody was playing really well. And we were like, man, like maybe they should move Moody to the starting lineup and put Clay in the, like on the bench, have him like, just have them swap those roles. Cause like even Moody's defense has been so good. So like, shouldn't you reward him for that? Like, I and like, but I don't know. It's just like, it's such a weird situation. Like, I I don't, I guess it has to play out more. I don't mean, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't see Kerr doing that anytime soon. It would have to be like disastrous because I was talking to somebody about this yesterday. It's like, I love loyalty. I love Kerr's loyalty, all that stuff, but he's overly loyal to some of these guys uh, to the expense of developing uh, guys like Moody and Kaminga. And, you know, one thing I thought of actually to go back to uh, those teams that they lost six games in a row to, it's like, the Warriors do have, you know, Kaminga and Moody as as young guys. This is their third year, and then when you see them in contrast to some of these young guys on OKC, uh, you know, uh, Cleveland, and whatnot, like they're not less necessarily way less talented than any of those dudes. It's just yeah. that they've been allowed to develop. And the mm-hmm. thing that bugs me a little bit is that uh, in that their first year, right? Like, yeah, they won a title, and so limited time for those for those kids but then last season was such a lost season that the fact that you could not win and you could not even develop those guys even more and that you know moody didn't play in the regular season plays in playoffs uh kaminga plays in the regular season and he also uh shines uh, when wiggins is out and loses his minutes when wiggins and um and uh uh, gary payton come back and get healthy get in the lineup And then the big deal is that Kaminga like pouts or something like that. I don't really care about that. If you're competitive, you're going to pout, you know, Mm -hmm. imagine Draymond in that situation when he was younger, whatever. So, you know, to me uh, looking at Clay, I mean, it's, it's telling because when he got hurt with the ACL in 2019, that dude to me was really, really developing his all-around game, going to the basket. Totally. Uh, getting, having all these moves and whatnot. He was like, to me, he was turning into like a uh, a Paul George-esque player in a mm-hmm. way. Uh, obviously a better shooter. You know, Paul George has a better uh, three-point line in game, but uh, he was developing that. And then what he's been trying to do, it feels like just do, was like capture the past. And it seems like he hasn't adjusted to, his aging. I don't know what other parts of his game he could develop, but like obviously Steph has, you know what I mean, uh, and Clay hasn't. And seeing him get guarded by those Thunder players, it's like, well, yeah. this guy has no breathing room. So uh, I do wonder uh, if uh, his his where his path takes him if he starts draining shots and becoming the guy that like you know the, led the league in three pointers. Although he was chucking a lot last year because uh, he had to. Um, you know, where's that going to go? I don't see him going to the bench anytime, uh, soon, but it sucks to have two of their starters, uh, really, really like playing mediocre basketball, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah,
1: I don't see it happening at all. It was just kind of one of those conversations where it's like, I don't like, how do we fix you dude? Cause like, we want to, we don't want you to sacrifice. We don't want you to like be a lost cause in this, like this weird season that's happening so far and this team that's like developing and and changing to very different than what it was eight years ago when this run hole started so like you know it's that and also like how much restriction is he still having to his repaired ligament like is that part of it you could see it in his lateral movements he's not as quick like that anymore which is why his defense has gone down a little bit but like yeah i you know I, let's just hope that last night was a good sign for that, because if he can score like that, and I think a big part of it is having Steph back in the lineup as well as Chris Paul, because like those guys just know how to find him. Um, so man, I just I don't yeah, I don't know what I don't know how to feel about him right now.
0: Yeah, it it could also just be one of those things where it's like, oh, Clay's starting off slow, and then he'll yeah. pick it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, uh, all the hand wringing and all the, uh, hypothesizing, it, uh, will will go away once they're like twenty games over five hundred or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but the Wiggins stuff, it's like, you know, that dude is still in his late twenties. He's still in his prime. Yeah. It it is disappointing that he is out of shape. I don't know what the reason could or, uh, or or maybe. But I think that uh, that was Clay last year, right? Clay had the terrible start. I mean, the whole team had a terrible start, but like uh, individually. And, um, you know, I I keep saying, and I guess it gets kind of boring at some point when you just say, well, I I expect these guys to uh, uh, gravitate towards the mean for each of them. And even if they're a few ticks below their uh, career averages, then that's still in a good spot, you know? And yeah. uh, I'm enjoying seeing Chris Paul mix it up with these guys. Uh, it's just fun to see a dude like that. And like you said, with uh, with him and Clay, that's something that I've talked about before. It's like, oh wow, Clay, you know, in that second, when he comes in with the second unit or he gets subbed back in and seeing Chris Paul and Clay, I, I start imagining like, oh, what kind of backcourt would that have been if Clay had his own team uh, in some past history, some other multiverse universe. And uh, he had like a true pure point guard, um, you know, uh, and and uh, running Reggie Miller, uh, you know, s- screens with like like a the, Mark Jackson type guy.
1: The Kevin Love trade ends up happening and, and Minnesota <laughs> trades him to like cl- the Clippers and then it's like, oh, we got this world where this backcourt is Clay Thompson and Chris Paul and we got – We got Blake Griffin, like who knows the possibilities there? Yeah, it's kind of, it's interesting.
0: Yeah, and and we got this uh, comment uh, from Amar Singh, uh, who's a frequent commenter on on the YouTube channel. He says, you know, reminding us of Clay started off terribly last year too. So it's like, yeah, Yeah. exactly. I mean, that's the thing. That's what we hope for. But also like the the difference is like getting older and whether or not um, he can do it in time, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of these folks that, that, that followed, uh this podcast, they know that it's a long, slow burn towards the end of the season. And uh, you know uh, we'll see how it goes. Let me, let me ask you uh, when you watch this team lose six in a row to some of these more athletic teams, like, do you think it was just, bad matchups or do you think like those teams uh are just that good you know what i mean
1: you know with the nuggets it's tough because like our biggest issue is that we're undersized we have two true i mean we really only have one true center on our roster and that's dario Saric. like Kevon Looney was moved to a center and, you know, because he, he had some injuries in college and his movement wasn't quite there. So he got bulky, he got bigger. He's only six, nine. So he's not like really like the center built, Um, but he's changed into a center. And that's kind of it, you know, like Trace Jackson Davis played power forward in college. Um, He can play the five because he's, that's just his game. But like, so, like, going up against Jokic is, is just always going to be tough because we're undersized, and it's a lot of minutes on Sarge. It's a lot of minutes on Looney, and when Looney plays, you lose some offensive help, so it's just kind of a weird back and forth. Um, with the Timberwolves, I, like, you know, it's unfortunate we saw three games against them already because I really think that we match up pretty well with them because we can run on them. Um And we didn't get the chance to do that in a couple of our games. One of them, obviously, was a suspension, and the other one was we didn't have Steph. Um, But, yeah, and then, you know, I mean, OKC's just younger. They're just going to be more athletic, and they're just going to move around. And I think we played pretty well against them, considering the facts. But, like, there's the only teams in, in probably all of the NBA that I really worry about our matchups, because, like, last year the big issue was, like, guard defense like with clay not being what he was anymore we kind of really only had one player to like defend the perimeter and that was wiggins like that was reliable and that was wiggins and wiggins like we all know the story about wiggins with last year but this year like chris paul is like having an insane he always plays pretty well defensively but he's having like a really good defensive efficient season he's uh his plus minus is defensive plus minus is 1.7 like that's above his last three seasons, um, average. Um, and then Moody, dude, Moody has the third highest plus minus defensive plus minus on the team. He has been a defensive juggernaut on the perimeter. And like that is going so unnoticed. I can't believe that warriors Twitter is not talking about that more. Um, so I think with that, um, you know, I'm not worried about Boston as much. I'm not worried about Milwaukee as much because we got guys who can defend Dame, who can defend Jalen, who can defend, you know, the guys that they have on those teams it's it's really just the nuggets man it's just the nuggets and worrying about Jokic. you know at least off the top of my head we can probably go through more but like just i i if we play the nuggets in the in the in the playoffs again like that's like a seven game series is gonna be concerning
0: to me yeah yeah i mean the bucks do concern me just because i mean watching those games last year where they had um uh Lopez and Portis, it was just like the Warriors couldn't get anywhere yeah. uh, into the paint. They couldn't get any rebounds. Watching Portis uh, on Camingo was like, it was tough. I was like, dang, because mm-hmm. Portis is like a, that dude's a man, man. You know, he plays like it too. Uh, but, you know, for me, like, I think those games were like matchup issues. And I mean, here's the thing those guys are always going to be coming for the king. And, mm-hmm. Uh, all that I'll say is we'll see where some of those teams are in April. You know, we'll see yeah. like every team has some kind of injury or dysfunction or runs into a, a lapse and whatnot. And um, it just it's just a, an unfortunate quirk of the schedule that they got Cleveland twice in one week, Minnesota back-to-back, mm-hmm. back, and then uh, OKC okay, back-to-back without – draymond and without um
1: and the nuggets in the
0: middle of all all that yeah 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 (laughs) exactly because right now i I do think that the warriors are more built for the old head teams that they expect to be at the top of the west like the clippers the lakers uh the um the Suns. you know Mm -hmm. what i mean that's who they are preparing for so when they get these 19 year olds who are all ready to Show out and prove on the national stage like we're here and they got all this energy and and everything is on the table for them in uh, every single game of the season, then they they put out an excellent effort. But we'll see. I still don't believe in Gobert. I don't believe in Cat. No, no. I mean, so. especially
1: especially with that team. Like, Cat is such a defensive liability. Like, you can just attack him. You could put Sarge in there, who's a great scorer, and just attack, attack, attack. Get him into foul trouble. You know? Like, it, they always will have that weakness on their team. But, like, the schedule, like, it's interesting because it doesn't lighten up too much. You know, we have the Suns on Wednesday. And then we have the Spurs on Friday. That's our, our only relief. And then it's the Kings and the Clippers. You can say what you want about the Clippers. But they are still have some... Good players. We play them three times in like the next month and then the sun. So like we don't get some relief until the nets and on the 16th. Like it's just the schedule is brutal, dude.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you talked about like, oh, maybe Moody going in the starting like Do you and, and you really don't think that's gonna happen, but do you think there should be any adjustments to the starting lineup at this point right now? I know Sarich has started a few times, but like, is there anything that you would want to see? Because we have people in the comments, saying, uh, this Daryl Haynes saying start Kamenga. I don't know uh, if that's uh, no. I mean, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. So I love Kamenga, but yeah,
1: I I uh, I I get where where he's coming from though. Like because the athleticism is off the charts. But I talk about it in my piece. I think that if readers uh, check it out, they'll be a little bit surprised. Of three of the what's top the website name
0: again? What's the URL?
1: Fansforsports.com. Oh, I mean the the actual piece i don't know it just got put up but it's on the oh, no page. no
0: just yeah just the website because yeah fansfirstsports.com
1: um okay and uh um i think they'll be pretty surprised at three of the top five and i give reasons why they are up there but um uh kaminga's big issue is like he it just he's great offensively this year and he is efficient too he's not just like because he's getting more minutes and able to put up more shots in that second unit that he scored more points. No, he's shooting at a high efficiency, especially in the field from the field. Um, and his like per 36 has been is showing it. That's that kind of is a better metric of showing how efficient you are as a player, as opposed to are just regular per game. Um, and, but his defensive numbers are bad. He, you know, he makes some good plays every once in a while. And those highlight plays where he gets those swats out of nowhere, those like almost feels like when, when style slots where he just comes on an hour with the chase down blocks. But like in terms of like overall defensive, like play, he is having the same issue that he had last year and he's getting better game by game, I will say, but he's, he's having the same issues that he had last two years. He gets lost. He gets confused. He's in the wrong position and gives up like big plays and big baskets. Um Every time he does that though, what I'm loving about what I'm seeing from him this season is Chris Paul. They come out of timeout. Chris Paul puts his arm around him, talks to him. And the next play, he's better. He's playing better. He and uh on top of that, when he's on the bench, he sits right next to Chris and they're like talking about it and they're going through it. So, like the leadership I think is gonna help him. Do I think he's ready for the starting lineup? Absolutely not. I and I kind of like <laughs> I like and I love his athleticism in the second unit. So, like, you know, we have that athleticism in Wiggins in the fir- in the in the starting lineup. We kind of need a replica of that in the second unit. And that's kind of what Kaminga does, which is great. Um, I don't know. I kind of, I really like that second lineup of Chris Paul, uh, Moody, Kaminga, Sarich. And um, it's been GP, a mixture of GP2, but also pods a lot lately. And I really like mm-hmm. that. And if you look at their like advanced numbers of that lineup together, they're like, they're like plus, I want to say they're over plus 10. I haven't checked it in the last few days it might be a little bit lower but like they're they're really good and they're really efficient um and especially i with pods is shooting like man that that guy i talk about it in that piece you know he is the perfect replacement for dante Divincenzo, and not just because he looks like Divincenzo, but like his style <laughs> of play He's not a super athletic player, but he's a he's a great spot up shooter, and he's actually a good shooter off the dribble too, which is what Divincenzo wasn't as much. He's an amazing rebounder, and he's a has a high basketball IQ. So he, defensively, he's like he's just on it. He knows exactly where to go and where to be. So like, I've been really like kind of impressed by Pods lately. Uh, maybe a few months from now, I'm gonna be making the pitch for him to move to the starting lineup in place <laughs> of like Clay or something. But no, I I I think the starting lineup's fine now. Um I like the way Steve Kerr has mixed up the 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 rotations a little bit and he's really found something out of some guys and some some combinations. So no, I don't know. Do do you is there anything like glaring to you that that you
0: No, because that's the that's the benefit um perhaps privilege of being a, a dynasty team is you know the cadence of a season. You're not like panicking because uh, you know, it's a it's a bad losing streak. Yeah, no one wants to see that, but it's not like um you know, if, if this was if this were the Timberwolves going on six-game losing streak, they haven't proven anything and they yeah. have bad history and bad mojo, so that would be a greater panic to me. Uh I don't think Kerr would make a massive change to the line of, age. you know, Saraj over Looney, whatever. But uh un- until like things started really, really going into the tank. Someone could argue that, hey, losing six in a row, that's not in the tank, but it's the beginning of the season and guys are out, funky things have happened, schedule's kind of weird. Uh, so I i don't necessarily think so. And, right, like it's like the, the, the best five-man unit last mm-hmm. season. Are you going to bail on that in uh, less, than, less than 20 games? Yeah. No, I don't think so. And they really, really need to develop that second unit chemistry. And from the very outset of the season – That's what I'm excited to see. We know like like the five man starting unit, like yes, they haven't played well, but not that I'm bored with them, but like I'm always looking to see how these units evolve. And I'm excited by that uh, second group for the most part. So I don't necessarily think so, but we'll see because they're playing some teams that they are, better matched up with and then they get draymond back i don't know how long payton's out for but like okay then we'll see if they can get back into the rhythm Mm -hmm. that they were in before right like they have uh i was gonna uh say like they're playing the 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 suns in phoenix then they play the spurs at home and then at sack if they go two and one in that
1: all right. That's cool. great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would, yeah. I, that's, you know that, what I mean? That's, that's, in my opinion, that's like the, the perfect scenario. Obviously, three and it would be better, but like, I don't think that's very realistic. Like, yeah. Especially with, you yeah, know, yeah. with, with, with Darren Fox back, like, they look like a completely different team with him back. It's insane how much impact that dude has on that team.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And the reason why they match up with, uh, the Warriors match up with Sack better is because, You know, they match up better with uh, Sabonis in their front line than they do with Chet Holmgren or Evan Mobley and Jared Allen. So, uh, you know, that will be telling. If they go one and two, then I don't then I think like people start chirping a little bit more and we're getting close to the quarter season mark. Uh, But I'll be happy with two and one. I'm going to read some of these uh, comments. Can you see these on your end? Uh, I don't
1: know. I don't know how. Oh, okay. Never
0: mind. But uh, let's see. Uh, No need to start Kaminga. Wiggins is getting his game back. I do agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Kerr needs to change his ways. This is from Sid. Change his ways to manage the team. He can't be in 2015, 16, 17 mode. Oh, yeah. I can't Um, see him. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, I mean, I I, I tend to agree that we talked about how Kerr is a little too uh, loyal at some point. And I I was uh, talking to my buddy JP about this this morning, how. He was saying, like, you know, he's not really that. He doesn't think Kerr's that great of a coach, but yeah. Kerr's more of like a a manager. He's a Phil Jackson style manager, and he came with schemes of how to uh, take Steph and the team's talents. He's not the best in game adjustments guy. He's like, all right, we're just going to stick with what we know. <laughs> he's going to yeah. be like Steph is the best player on the court. We're going to uh, ride his uh, his talent and his his magic until. Until the end, but um, but I think you like know. you said,
1: that's his style of coaching, where it's like when mm-hmm. he does make those in-game adjustments, like they stand out, and you're like, oh damn! Like I've seen him win games on on those, and like going against his like stubborn mentality of like, no, we're gonna stick with what we know. Like I think like sometimes he goes in the locker room at halftime, and like Kenny Atkinson just throws in like all these numbers and evidence of like why we need to change it up to this, and then he does, and then it's like, oh shit, we just won, we just <laughs> we just won this game based off of that. But like, yeah, you're right, he he totally. i I would say it's more stubbornness than it is like he's just not good at making those those in-game adjustments right
0: right. yeah 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 um uh maybe (laughs) but um i guess we don't actually know know.
1: we're not sitting on the bench with him but yeah (laughs)
0: yeah yeah this is uh uh, he's not coming on the show anytime soon Uh, (laughs) (laughs) what do you make of Gosh, I, I hate to even give this kind of stuff credence sometimes, but like some of these uh, uh, lesser sports sites or, you know, chatter about, uh, you know, I think the phrase I keep seeing is the, the Warriors at a breaking point with Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, what are your thoughts on trading him and any of this kind of chatter that always comes up? It's always uh, like with Toronto or somebody else. Uh, for like what, Ananobi? Ananobi, Pascal Siakam. Yac- uh, so, packaging.
1: I, I love Warriors Nation, but like one issue that I have with our fan base, especially on Twitter, and I have two people in my group chat that are like this as well. So, it's not just it's it's all of Warriors fans is like the unrealistic trades that people make. Like, <laughs> like, like last year, like every Ananobi trade that I saw. It's it was just like, dude, if you're Toronto, why in the absolute hell would you do that trade? You don't get half as much out of that as you do, oh well, this person's young. Well, they get younger and they get picks. Okay, well, you have to do like there needs to be like some form of evidence behind that. So, like, I I mean to get Ananobi, who I think he just signed re-signed a contract and everything too, like, I mean, that would be Kamingo wouldn't be enough. I mean, so I don't I you know, like what else are we giving up to do to make that one? I think like a realistic trade that entices me, but like I'm not there because I do genuinely like Kaminga and like I encourage listeners to go look at his numbers compared to the last two seasons to now. He's dramatically improved, especially offensively. Um, and uh, uh, is that uh, a trade for Malcolm Brogdon? up in up in up in um portland malcolm brogdon would have an immediate impact on this team in second unit especially um especially offensively which we could use a little bit of help but definitely defensively he's a stud on defense um he has some health issues yes but portland is clearly in rebuild mode they are obviously holding on to to malcolm brogdon until the trade deadline until desperate teams like maybe us uh need to make moves to improve their roster um mm-hmm. i think he would fit in great um and i think that portland would take Kaminga because he is a young guy on a short-term contract that could fit in with their other young guys and and they can build for the future around that um does it solve all of our problems i don't know um i kind of think we need a big man and i don't think we need to sacrifice Kaminga in order to get another big man but like that's just my opinion but like if if i'm looking for like a one-for-one type of move Kaminga for Brogdon seems to make the most sense to me.
0: I vehemently reject that trade. <laughs> <laughs> totally get it. I totally get it.
1: I reject that trade. I don't even. I don't. I like I said at the beginning. I don't even want to have this conversation. I like Kaminga. I think we should keep him. But if if we're if for the sake of the podcast, I we, we have to entertain it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. I mean, I can also just imagine like uh, what happens to uh, Moody if Brogdon's on this team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, no, that's fair. I mean, I've had people on YouTube, like, you know, pine for a big and I'm like, okay, cool. Who do you want? You know, because some guys may uh, free up come trade deadline. There may be some team that will want uh, a prospect, picks, Chris Paul's contract <laughs> uh, as the season goes on. But is there anyone on your radar that you're looking at that could free up or that you think is a legit, realistic target or anyone uh, that is currently a free agent or on the G league team. Because to me, it's like, uh, I never wanted Dwight Howard and I'm glad he's not on the team. Yeah, I didn't either. JaVale was interesting. People brought that up, but he picked the Kings. You know what I mean? Like I, he just picked the Kings. And um, somebody also brings up uh, Plumlee I wanted Plumlee, but he quickly signed with um, – I thought he was interesting. Uh, he quickly signed with the Clippers, uh, the Clippers again. So, uh, you know, I, I like you were saying, like teams or fans always overestimate the draw of their team and also the uh, their own assets, right? So like, yeah. I can't even remember any – like so many just ridiculous uh, trade ideas that we've heard. Uh, over the uh, or just fandom in general, where it's like, oh, let's trade, you know, uh, pennies for a hundred dollars. But is there anybody that you can think of? Because I actually don't have anyone to be honest. I don't have and any centers.
1: So Rob Williams, before he got hurt was another one again with, because to me, it's, it's not about, it's not about like just in general, like looking for players around the league. It's also looking for players on teams or teams are willing, are looking to move these guys to improve, yeah. to change whatever it is about their roster. They're trying to change. The Blazers are clearly in rebuild. mode. they want young guys. So you can trade some of our young guys or our picks for some of their guys that just don't really fit. Rob Williams was one of those guys until he got hurt. Not on that train mm-hmm. anymore. Um, <laughs> Free agent-wise, Montrezl Harrell is still a free agent out there. I think he would be an interesting fit on our team. He is not quite a center, but he is a big man. He is aggressive. He is an enforcer. He is physical. Um, And I think that he could be an interesting second-unit piece. And he can score when you need him to. Um, But other than that, I mean, no. I mean, like, I was on the JaVale McGee uh, hype, too. But, yeah, like you said, he just – he picked Sacramento. I, You know, for whatever reason, he picked Sacramento, so –
0: um yeah. But yeah. Um I want to ask you because uh, I, I wanted to talk about this last week. I, I know it came out last week, but like you know, the whole, you know, the Draymond Gobert thing. But I wanted to uh, uh ask you if you had any thoughts on what Steve Kerr said the day after in his pregame presser against the first against the Thunder in that first game. He he called Draymond's actions inexcusable um after defending them the night before uh did you have any any thoughts on that because kind of a change of tune uh slightly from from previous uh comments on uh and Kirk, i
1: well. mean i agree draymond you know i it's getting exhausting defending him as a warrior fan i you know i don't condone most of these actions and like dude i so i d- i worked for a company who made a documentary about him and like it's on Amazon's called the sessions about him working with Deepak Chopra on like anger management and trying to be better. (laughs) And two days after that documentary came out was when he punched Jordan Poole in the face. So it was like, I like this, this guy, he went through anger management training with one of the, with the most famous Zen person in the world who, 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 I mean, if he can't fix him, I don't know who can. And it's just like, I love the guy, but his lack of self-awareness is a little bit, like, I think that caters into his, like, physical nature. And I don't like Rudy Gobert. Do I want to choke the guy? No. Like, it's just, I get, and he was defending Steph. I mean, sorry, Clay. Clay. But the way he went about it was not the right way. Don't choke him out. Like, just kind of get in between them. But uh i don't know i mean maybe he was just trying to send a message to next time to where it's like you better like fear me now and maybe it'll work who knows i i you know i can't get inside the brain of of that man he he baffles he confuses me but uh yeah. no i'm i'm not down with the violence ever so uh i wasn't down with it when he punched jordan pool last year i'm not down with it what do chokes really go bad this year
0: yeah like i uh I actually was like, I respected that the fact that he was defending a teammate.
1: Yeah, um, one thousand percent.
0: And and you know, I, I guess I can see from his angle, he saw like Gobert, uh, maybe thought he was getting uh, Clay in a uh, a similar chokehold or whatever or a headlock. Yeah, like, I think Shaq Gobert is just really talked tall about
1: that that night on the on the on inside the NBA. Like like Shaq was making the claim like, um, well, Gobert like choked him out first, so like he's just pulling him off. And then Chuck was like, no, he's not. And then they showed like a video of Chuck doing it to Larry Bird back
0: in the eighties. It's just like, <laughs> and it just completely contradicted him. But, yeah. Man, uh, I love Chuck. Um, but you know, it, it was just that Gobert, I think is tall. And so when he like, tr- he put his arm yeah. on clay, it was like up around his uh, neck. I, I loathe Gobert. Um, Sam. I've, uh, I've said that for a while. He's one of my most loathed players in the NBA. Uh <laughs> Also, Corey Joseph is as well. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, just I've just always hated his game, but now we got him.
1: Woo! My buddy Xavier Gomez. Shout out to Xavier if he's checking this out or listens to it. He also hates him, and he immediately after that happened, we were texting our group chat about like how much he was satisfied that that happened to Rigo Bear.
0: Uh... <laughs> yeah, and um, I think uh, for Draymond, like I, and, and what Kerr said. You know, uh, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds on on last season, but it's like it was almost like it was very awkward to me because he seemed to be pausing a lot. And Kurt is a great talker and he has his talking points all the time. And it felt like he was in his mind trying to find the words that would be on message for seeing all The replays and after the fact, and this sus- is suspension and, and not creating waves externally, but then also not creating waves internally, not wanting to say the wrong thing. Uh, that might kind of get aggregated anti Draymond or something like that. But, um, it, it's interesting because I, I like I, I do think that they gave him a pass and they enabled him a lot last season, and mm. this verbiage of you know, we're you know, going to give Draymond the tools or to help him not to, you know, violence and all that stuff. So, you know, uh, I found that interesting and, and, uh, hopefully, um, hopefully there's fewer waves down the road. You know, there's, gonna but, uh, yeah. there's going to be something, but yeah, there's the Warriors need him. him. The Warriors yeah. need him more than more than before in a lot of ways, because they don't have the enforcer, types or like just like the the dudes who are just my like, vocal they don't have david west they don't have they have zaza, david west they don't have I mean? andre
1: godalla they don't have. yeah they don't have zaza they don't yeah. have those guys on this team anymore yeah
0: yeah you know um and you know it it is what it is and what Draymond has one more game suspension and then um, uh
1: no he's only done three so far right because that oh, really was...
0: it's only been three didn't he get is it two okc games and then the Houston game. Okay.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Um, so it happened on two no, it happened on yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. Two OKC games. Oh yeah, so has two more. So okay, after the more. Spurs playing the tournament game on Friday, he'll be good to go. Great.
0: Yeah. So against Sabonis and the Kings. <laughs> oh well,
1: uh, dude, what, what's your opinion on the in season tournament, real quick? Sorry for the sidebar, but
0: oh uh in season tournament, um uh I hear a lot of people call it playing. I heard it on a podcast earlier. Yeah, I think you yeah. said it earlier. Um, but, I, you know, I couldn't care less, but I'm uh, in, entertained by it. You know what I mean? And yeah, uh, it it's, uh, I didn't realize, I knew it would be like blended into the season, but I, I thought it would be continuous. I didn't think it would be like, okay, this counts as a tournament game. This counts as a tournament game. Yeah. Um, I, I'm fine with it. You know, like it, it adds a little bit of intrigue. And then you're going to start seeing people be like, Oh, this is the first team ever to win uh, the the in season tournament and the finals. You know, and the, and the title. You know what I mean? It's going yeah. to turn into a thing. I don't mind it. It's marketing. It's mm-hmm. to get interest back in the beginning of the season, and it gives. the are trying team something. To they're trying for. to.
1: I'm convinced they're trying to sell this package to a streamer. Like, hey, you can have the in-season tournament games. Like Netflix, you can have these in-season tournament games if you want them. Like, um, I'm a I'm a big fan because I am a European soccer fan. So, and this and European soccer does the same way. It's not continuous. It's just like, all right, here's Group A play, one game. A month later, Group A play. You know, like a group play again, and then so it it lasts all season long. Um, the courts are distracting. Not a huge fan of that, but I get why they're doing it because. It's a marketing tool. It's you see that court and it starts the conversation. I was out at a bar with friends two weeks ago, watching the games on Friday, and friends who uh, who were in town. They live in Canada and they asked, like, "What's going on with the court?" I'm like, "Oh, it's the end season tournament." Oh, what's that? And, you know, and it just starts this whole conversation. So it's doing exactly what they want. But um, as a basketball fan who knows about the in-season tournament, it's distracting, but, like, they're not going to stop doing it because it just promotes it, just the conversation about the court.
0: Yeah, and I think the court, yeah, exactly. It's a marketing thing. When you see highlights, you're like, oh, that was an in-season tournament game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, When Draymond choked Gobert. That was an in-season tournament tournament game. (laughs) (laughs) We'll always remember that. (laughs) The first in-season tournament game at at Chase Center. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you. Okay, out of these guys, who do you think is most likely to uh, introduce or induct Draymond Green to the Hall of Fame? Steph? LeBron? Steve Kerr? Uh, Coach Izzo? Or Rudy
1: Gobert? <laughs> uh, it's it's definitely Steph.
0: Maybe Coach Izzo. Maybe both. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. I think... Um... I think they I only think made it the easy. elite
1: eight right they didn't do they didn't go all that far on that team,
0: so maybe not either. oh you know I stopped following college basketball when draymond was uh, at that point, but like okay, I know they made it to the elite eight though i, I they may it, didn't make it a final four I don't think so, I don't think so, okay um well you know that's uh. That's that. Um, you know, uh, one random thought is like ESPN made this list of the top 25 under 25. Uh, yeah. Recently. And, you know, list or list. but uh, I, and I'm kind of revisiting a topic from earlier in this pot, but like, it bugs me that nobody on the Warriors is on that list. I, I don't expect anyone right now on Warriors to be on that list, but like they had three <laughs> lottery picks. And to me, it's more, it's an indictment of like the fact that, you know, they didn't let these guys get a little bit more run <laughs> that we can't see what they could have been. And that's, that's the disappointment to me. Cause I think
1: if- has not uh, emerged yet though. So <laughs> maybe he will be in the next version of that list.
0: Yeah. You know, one day I always wanted to make like a, a something under something, maybe one day I'll make the, you know, 75 under 75 list or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> um any other uh final thoughts or opinions oh here's one thing it's uh thanksgiving in a couple of days what are you thankful for from this season or this warriors team thus far
1: the point god chris paul i am all in on the chris paul train like and like i said like for listeners out there I know I keep promoting it, but please go check out my piece. I worked really hard on it, hence why I know all these numbers that I'm throwing at Patrick right now uh, on this podcast. Um, it's the second-best player rankings. Uh, I will just spoil. Chris Paul is at the top for a lot of reasons, um, one of them being how his leadership, his that impact on the team, um, what he does with the players around him, how he's improved everybody, and like the Point God experiment is – it it's already proven itself right, in my opinion. Um, I just I'm all in on it. Um so I I hope that we can win a championship and get him his first championship. And I hope that he puts a big middle finger to the Clippers and the Hornets and the Suns. And he I guess you don't do that in in the NBA Hall of Fame, but I was gonna say goes in the uh, NBA Hall of Fame as a warrior. Um but I guess you don't do that. Oh, yeah, no. the, that's only in I think that's only in the baseball hall baseball. of fame that you do that. You go in with a certain team, yeah. But yeah, because
0: I think it's literally because in the Baseball Hall of Fame, I could be wrong. You put literally a, you like put a the, player,
1: your team on your hat, put a cap.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Or it could be like Rob Lowe and just have NFL. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <too. laughs> um, and I'm not gonna lie, I almost um, bought that hat just as like a basketball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, I'm thankful for. I'm just thankful for the, like most of the discussion, or pretty much all the discussion is on the court. They're trying to figure out on the court. Yeah. You know, it's not any extracurriculars and that's what I'm always going to be thankful for this season. Who do you think was the Warriors or you must have an opinion because you wrote an article about this. Who was the Warriors best player last season, second best player last season?
1: Uh, See, I, I kind of way back. I, the fact that I, it, 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 I struggled to do that, to think of one last year is kind of what inspired me to write this piece in the first place. So Hmm. I think beginning of the season, it was Jordan Poole. And then, like, after he became like ball stopper, ball hogger, Jordan Poole, and like, you know, you could argue like all of Kaminga's frustrations and all, and like a little bit of Moody's frustrations of like their roles, like changing is directly altered or directly influenced by Jordan Poole and how he is a high usage, high on ball ball hog player because he kind of stunted their growth by not like like you look at his assists like they're so low last season like they just he just was not dishing the ball out so like when he started doing that it made it tough and like draymond green had such a surgence in the second half of the season especially like on the defensive side so i think that it was like split between those two
0: guys yeah yeah um what yeah, what um... about you could you could you name one off the top of your head I, I i could not because as you said like it kept it kept fluctuating like you could say yeah. when um for a stretch it was clay you know what i mean and yeah yeah it was for a little bit but, but he was but he was like just chucking he was just putting up like offensive numbers mm-hmm. so um it's safe to say it was i mean like you said it was muddled it was muddled just like the rest of the season was you know what i mean and be like yeah oh you know just <laughs> it was james wiseman now um <laughs> have you been have you been following uh, wiseman and Poole at all through uh, uh i've been following pool based
1: on twitter because twitter just eats him up and spits him out and it's like i feel a little bit bad for the guy but like he's doing it to himself like i I saw did you see the clip of him like he's just not he's pissed off going into a timeout and he's just not paying attention in the huddle and just tells his coach like to f off like dude what are you like come on man like it that just screams a guy who like knew that he came in that team and the team was built around him and like he you know he just got this this major like it's not even a chip on a shoulder. It's just like this major like, cockiness to him. It's just kind of weird.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's I, – I was pulling for the guy because I thought he got a little bit Same. of a raw deal. I thought the punch kind of screwed him up. Yeah. And maybe, maybe it did and maybe it still has. But, like, you know, I think that uh, – I didn't like his game last season. I've talked about the ad nauseum. And mm-hmm. uh, I'd see flashes where he'd get, like, 11 assists in one game last year. Uh, but he, he – you know, I the offense – Prancing, heat check, pool party BS. I couldn't roll with that. It's particularly because the defensive liabilities and stuff. Um, and I, I, but I was pulling for him. Uh, but what I see is like, you know, when I highlight his, um, his stat line, it's because it's like showing that, not necessarily him per se, but it's like how much the turnovers and how much Chris Paul helps the Warriors this season. I think that, in terms of the uh uh of beating up on pool is like man this dude i mean like you said he's doing to himself he believes his own hype Mm -hmm. Uh, and let's face facts like it's not like when gilbert arenas left the warriors to go to yeah gilbert arenas was dang good right uh jordan pool is maybe a third fourth best player on a contender you know Mm -hmm. so um it is what it is and then uh you know every now and then I peek at the Wiseman box score but that's not even He worth just
1: doesn't get a lot of minutes point. man yeah and I you know like yeah. I honestly like you know who talks about it a lot is Bill Simmons on his podcast and like he kind of keeps an eye on him and he just talks about like how he's just you know even in the minutes that he gets he just kind of you know he's just he's his basketball wise I don't know about him personally basketball wise he's just very raw and immature and like he didn't get the time to develop that because yeah. even his like college season was cut short. So it's like, yeah, yeah. He's just kind of just-, uh, just the circumstances of him in his career just have not helped him out.
0: Yeah. It's just, um, he just doesn't have enough. Like, uh, yeah, he's just got a lot of, a lot of bad things happen in his career. Not ideal. Always pulling for the guy. Uh, but when I peek in and, and watch him play, um, you know, you could tell that he's still not, there. He doesn't have the dog in him. Yeah. He doesn't have enough basketball in his muscle, like in his, you know, in his basketball existence to have uh, gotten to, like, imagine if he was, he played a reg- in a regular college system for all these years, how much basketball, how many pictures, as they say, he would have seen. Yeah, But all it is now is just, like, drills and, and, mm-hmm. and lifting weights. But, you know, it is what it is. But um, cool, man. Well, thank you. Chris Madrigal from yeah. uh, the Town Tailgate Podcast. You can find Chris on Twitter at Chris Twenty Four K Magic, uh, which I can never remember. <laughs> it's like it's like the Bruno Mars song, like
1: Twenty Four karat Magic. Like I just try to. Uh, so my last I, name, I my last name is so. Madrigal, so I just try to like, just you know. It's just, I, I, I figured that out i figured it was out unique that, it's that, better uh, than just like at chris five four three two one or something like that or whatever <laughs> love names it was and no, no, and like no one else had it so i have it on like all my platforms it's pretty great all my, all my social Yeah,
0: that's awesome man uh it's it's important to be branded across all platforms as yeah. us uh, as us uh content creators yeah <laughs> um and
1: uh me and my co-host julio we're gonna do something um for the offseason for the a's if you're an a's fan or something like that and i'm um, working on a piece also for the a's kind of comparing because their owner is cheap comparing what a championship winning roster would have cost them um their roster from a couple years ago um what it would have cost them this season so look out for that
0: cool man any other places so check out his article Chris' article um on fansfirstsports.com right mm-hmm. that's the url yeah um and uh yeah check out his his podcast for sure and find him on Twitter. Cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on. Have a good uh, holiday. Yeah, you too, man. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors, check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review, saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful.